Hello and welcome to another episode of the B Team. I'm joined by Jerry and the Junk Man. Today is Thursday, February 4th. We're headed into Super Bowl weekend, but we're going to start with a segment that everyone loves. All of our loyal listeners are huge fans of. Jerry goes on a rant. And in this case, it might be an actual positive rant. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But Jerry, thoughts on the Jared Goff to the Lions trade? Blockbuster deal straight out of Tinseltown. I'll tell you what, Jared, you might have liked Hollywood, but you're going to love Detroit. I love it. I absolutely love the deal. Um, yeah, it might be Super Bowl week, but if you're a podcast listener, I know we only listen to ourselves, but sometimes, you know, you, like a, another sports podcast or three will sneak in. And it was pleasantly surprised. That was like the beginning of the week. Everyone was talking about the fucking Lions during the Super Bowl week. Now I know what it's like to be a Patriot fan or a Bronco fan. This is great. Um, so, yeah, we get golf. We, sh- uh, we get two future first-round picks, a third-round pick, all in exchange for 32-year-old Stafford. I'm very happy, number one, for Matt Stafford. I know this is important that we make a public statement of support. He's a big fan. Kelly's actually a bigger fan. Uh, his wife, first former, former first lady of Detroit. Not a big uh, fan of the lockdowns, though. Not a big fan of the lockdowns or the masks. Which I but agree with. Really bounced back, and they, every week, every day, she posted a new Detroit local business to support, and she was really super sorry. So thank you, Kelly, uh, for that. And she's gonna go off in LA. The biggest story left out of this is how Kelly Stafford's Instagram is going to. She's gonna be like beefing with like the Kardashians in LA. She's fucking the quarterback's wife, and she loves Instagram as much as anybody loves Instagram. I'm excited to see these TMZ hot takes. Anyway, uh, the deal. Great for the Lions. Great for Matt Stafford. I- I'm excited. I'm going to root for him. Um, unfortunately, I have that stupid freshman year bet with um, Meister. So if the Rams win, it kind of screws me. I don't know. I kind of feel like it should be like half because I was talking about winning with Stafford when I made that bet, obviously. So if he wins with my quarterback, it's sort of like hedging. We can discuss that later. I don't know. Or uh- now, I well, I was just gonna say when that trade happened, uh, I thought that I thought about you because right now uh, Brady's in the Super Bowl, and I'm like really, really pumped. And I was thinking you can now have that experience with you have yeah. two teams. If the Lions don't succeed, you have Stafford. Because of that bet, you're fucked again. <laughs> exactly, it sucks. But I think it hedges it. I was clear. In fact, if you go back to the day I made this bet. We can just get some Nixon-esque audio recordings from inside uh, Matthias room 232. Because, um, you know, we recorded everything. I'm sure yeah, Taja the RLC has those. I would not be surprised if Taja yeah. had recordings of like nine different rooms. Uh, Lee, your, your room would definitely be the most bugged if we were. Yeah, you were uh, bugged. <laughs> you, she had a whole, she had, she had undercovers trying to bust Willie Woods. So she, our room was definitely bugged. <laughs> bugged to the T. Um, I think I said we'll win Stafford and the Lions will win the Super Bowl. So now that's like half of it. So I was right. If Stafford wins before the Rams, it actually almost just like discombobulates the whole bet. We got we got to look at that further. Um, but yeah, in my heart of hearts, I'll be rooting for him. It'd be great to see him when I want to see him succeed because I do think he's, as I've argued for 12 years, a championship caliber, caliber quarterback. And there was a couple of years ago, I, I waned off a little bit um, thinking maybe he didn't have it in him, but I think now to fully see him with an amazing defense, he only had one top 10 defense ever with the lions. And that was the year we got screwed in the Dallas Cowboy pass interference call. No call. We would add, we had a path to the championship that year. We had the Packers number um, great trade. Good job. Rebuilding retooling as coach Campbell calls it. And um it was just the most unlion-esque move ever. Two first-round picks and a third, and Goff can recalibrate his career in Detroit. We'll see what happens. So, great job, Detroit Lions. Yeah, it was an insane trade. I didn't. I forgot about the contracts when I first saw it. So I was like, "Are the Rams fucking insane?" But then I remembered. Makes a little bit more sense. Um, but yeah, Goff, like he played pretty well in the playoff game, even with a bad thumb. Like he's. Definitely serviceable. He's still going to be throwing to Galladay and Jones and Dole. Well, right? like, both are free. Dickinson. Both are free agents. 
Oh shit. So just Amendola and Hawkinson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe Goff's going to have a tough year. Um, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see Stafford because everyone says he's like, and it looks like he she shows these flashes, but like, let's see what he does with McVay and a sick defense. Um, Cup and Woods, those guys are good, but it's more about like McVay uh, and that defense. So I, I, I hope they can make a run and maybe this is what puts the Rams over the edge. They, they've said they're a quarterback away. And I think if maybe Stafford was the quarterback against the Patriots in that Super Bowl when the Pats offense couldn't do shit, maybe they win that game if they have a little bit better quarterback because Goff definitely fucked up. Um, but like my only concern was just like, it's definitely an upgrade, but it's like not like a crazy, crazy upgrade for all they gave up. Um, but if it if they win a Super Bowl out of it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's the key point, Lee. If they go ahead and get a Super Bowl, I mean, they're going Super Bowl and bust. And I didn't realize that Matthew Stafford is only 32 years old. He's still young in comparison to a lot of the quarterbacks in the league. Brady's, what, 11, 12 years older than him? Um, Aaron Rodgers is almost 40. I mean, there's some old guys who are still performing at a really high level. So you look at someone like Matthew Stafford and he could be good for the Rams for not just one or two years, but maybe the next four or five years, depending on how he takes care of his body. Um, he's got a good offensive line. I know that's not something that's always been the case in Detroit. So hopefully that'll help protect him a little bit, but I think honestly, it's, it's a good trade for both teams. Jared Goff is the number one overall pick. You're going to get a lot of draft picks out of it, which is great, especially if you're rebuilding like the Lions are. And yeah, I think this is one of the few trades where it's mutually beneficial for both teams. So um, excited to kind of see the trajectories of both teams the next year. I do think the Rams are going to be pretty damn good. Uh, they got a really good defense and now they've got an even better quarterback, even though you're right, Lee, Jared Goff did play well in the playoffs this year. Yeah, that was interesting. I was going to say that Stafford kind of has like the Gronk effect where he's had a lot of injuries and he's gotten beaten up. So you think he's way older than he is. Gronk and Travis Kelsey, the same age, which I just found out today. Uh, he just seems like way older. I think Gronk's a little older, but like maybe. Close enough though. I mean, if you're, That's if we're crazy. saying it on the B team, it must be close at some Gronk's point. like 31. He feels like he's 40 just because he's like been around forever and he like his body's taken a beating. Stafford took a beating too for a bit. No offense to offensive line in Detroit, Jerry, but sometimes they couldn't get it done. You don't have to uh, clarify <laughs> with me. I'm very well aware of how not done they get the job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the and on the contract, we kind of help out LA and ourselves because if uh, it doesn't work out in two years, we can dump him and is the rest of his contract. So we don't get hit with any of the dead money after two seasons anyway. So it, it was a great, it makes sense for the Rams. Absolutely. I mean, if you winners and losers, really everybody wins. Um, everybody wins. Goff gets to be on a team that wants to have them supposedly for at least two years. Stafford gets a chance. Uh, we, I mean, we won though. I mean, cause as I continue now, we have two more draft picks, a third rounder as well. And like a, and a quarterback that could revitalize his career, right? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, two, Tannehill 2.0. Tannehill yeah, 2.0. This is Detroit's biggest win since the, the Pistons or the Wings, probably. Since the Wings, no wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, since the 2014 pennant. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We're yeah. counting getting to the big game as a, <laughs> as a win these days. Damn, Jerry, you must be getting a little desperate over there. Lee, yeah. great call. Travis, Kelsey, and Gronk were both born in 1989. They're both 31 years old. Um, I, I didn't realize that when you put Travis Kelsey in the conversation for best tight ends ever. I always thought that he was like 26 and was – Definitely going to outpace Gronk, but I think at this rate, especially if Gronk keeps playing, um, I don't think you can put him above it. It seems like they'll probably end up maybe retiring at the same time. I don't know. I mean, Gronk. Kelsey definitely seems like he's taking less injuries. So I bet Kelsey, Gronk will probably play one more year after this, and he's already kind of cooked as is. So Kelsey plays until he's 36, you know, then we have a have a conversation but why did it take him it took him a while to get going i guess just alex smith throwing him wasn't wasn't doing it is it all is is kelsey not that good is it all mahomes wow that's a really good take um, wow i 
I don't know, to be quite honest with you. I'm so he's been on the Chiefs his entire career. Um, okay, so his first season he was put on injured reserve after having surgery on his knee. Um, got off to kind of a, a tough start when he was fined a hundred eleven thousand twenty five dollars for unsportsmanlike conduct during a twenty nine to sixteen loss to the Denver Broncos. He made a jerking motion at Broncos linebacker Von Miller. Uh, we'll leave mm. that one to interpretation for our guests, but uh, classic Kelsey jerking motion. Yep. So it sounds like he kind of got off to a little bit of a rough start, but um, you know, really started finding his way in the 2015 season when he had his first NFL multiple touchdown game in a 27 to 20 victory over the Houston Texans. Wow. My brain is just on fire today. Wow. Yeah. Man. That was, awesome. that was all off the rip too. I, yeah, I knew yeah. all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was insane. Um, Speaking of like our new press secretary, I just want to circle back with stats. Something didn't seem like uh, something didn't seem right when I said it. I wish it was 2014 pennant. That was a day that lives in infamy because that was the Ortiz uh, series that we lost. So yeah. our actually last pennant was in 2012. If we would have won the pennant in 2014, we would have won that World Series. Uh, 2013 when was when? 2013. Yeah, yeah, sorry, but wasn't that during the um, – that was during sophomore year, right? So, no, it wasn't 2014, then it went downhill. So, yeah, 2013 – 2012? So, we – 2012 is when we made our last World Series appearance. Um, yep. And lost Who did they lose to? I can't remember that one. got swept. We got by swept. By the Giants. Yeah. They got Giants, swept by yeah. the Giants. And I, I will never forget, we were at uh, Eric's downstairs or something like that in Breckenridge, Colorado. Um, oh, watching the game three. So oh massive must win game for the Tigers. Uh, Jerry was very angry at the end of that game. I'll, I'll leave it at that since I know he has some family members who listen to this podcast. And to be honest, our producer doesn't really feel like doing much editing today um, in order to get this live as soon as possible. But yeah, that was a great introduction to Jerry as a sports fan. That's when I realized that we were going to have some fun with this kid throughout <laughs> college. It wasn't just going to be a one-time thing. <laughs> Yeah, that was a tough night. Tough night. And unfortunately, little did I know, nine years later, the pinnacle of Detroit sports over the last decade. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, is anything else happening this week? Um, uh, oh, well, I want to uh, – I have a, a sports but also public health story. Um so uh, they start giving out vaccines uh, to a bunch of people here in Massachusetts. And uh, what a perfect place to be would be Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox, the same ones that broke Jerry's heart in that uh, David Ortiz series. Um, anyway, my grandmother is a diehard Red Sox fan. Um, you know, that's all she really talks about. Uh, big defender of, of Tom Yockey. Uh, he has some, a troubled past, but, you know, Yockey way or Fenway is. She's a big fan, loves the Red Sox. Anyway, um, she, they're giving out vaccines at Fenway and she was lucky enough to be able to get one. Um, and yeah, she's an anti-vaxxer. It's the only way she would have gone was to Fenway. So that's great. Um, but yeah, so we got her to go. That's not true. But uh, <laughs> I already go to Fenway and she, to go get her vaccine, she wore a Red Sox mask, a Red Sox scarf, a Red Sox jersey, a Red Sox hat. <laughs> and she's like five feet tall and then just old ass Italian ones so she just went to Fenway in full Red Sox gear and uh, got her vaccine. And as she told me on the phone, she said she wishes she could have stayed there all day. So it was pretty sweet that like, she can't go to Fenway. It's really the only thing she wants to do these days is like talk about the Red Sox. So we got her go to Fenway, get her first dose of vaccine. She gets to go back next week, get another one or two weeks from now. So we'll feel good Red Sox story. That's, right nice. That's awesome, Lee. Um, I'm not sure if your grandmother knows what a podcast is. But would oh, love, hell no. would love to have her on it sometimes. I'm sure she yeah. could tell us some great stories about Bill Buckner. Uh, any Don't other? Say that name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't think of any other famous Red Sox from. Uh, oh, Ted Williams. Am I making your grandmother like really old now? <laughs> he definitely wasn't. I don't think women were allowed to watch sports back then. She got more into it like in the 2000s when we won in 04. But uh, okay. Johnny yeah. Damon. Yeah, she's she's more of a Damon, a Damon woman. Pedro Martinez. Yeah, yeah, Pedro, Pedro. Uh, Kurt Schilling. 
He's a great. He had guy. a lot of nicknames for Yankees players that are really politically incorrect and very outdated. Uh, so yeah, we have to be careful with her on the pod. <laughs> a lot of editing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe I won't say him for editing's sake. But yeah, she'd be a great interview. But she definitely doesn't know what a what a podcast is. Um, yeah, definitely not. If she did, she'd probably be crushing, you know, Ben Shapiro. So. That is what? a great. That's a feel good story this week. I think I think America needed that. Yeah, vaccines are coming out. We're getting going here. We're gonna be yeah, back. We're gonna be back on the fields, back in the in the stadiums in no time. Speaking of being back on the field, some exciting news out of the CC camp this week. Uh, Lee was named a uh, co-chair of our fifth year reunion. So um, really just excited to see his presence on that committee. I know that you're going to do a great job there, Lee, and just, you know, really excited to see the impact that you're going to have um, on that gathering when so, it happens. So, yeah, it's, it says it's going to, they say it's going to happen October 7th through 10th. Listeners, even if you didn't go to CC, show up. It's going to be lit. Um but uh, we have a virtual preparation weekend this weekend. I got an email about it and I was like, okay, this is going to be whatever. turns out it's the whole entire weekend. It's Friday. There is a, a virtual speech from Dean Edmonds. That's like an hour long. And there's like a two hour meeting of planning on Friday night of like breakout planning for reunions, which isn't until October. And then at, eight o'clock dj idris goodwin the theater teacher who's the fucking man is djing a virtual dance party for cc alums from like 10 p.m eastern to midnight eight to ten colorado time or something like that uh and then so i saw that and i was like okay i guess i could go to this and then but then i looked at it and saturday is like 9 a.m colorado time to 4 p.m colorado time the whole day is planning with a lunch break um so like it's insane i i i guess i'm gonna go but i am planning on going ice fishing on saturday so i'm gonna dial into this zoom conference from the pond and just try and plan reunion stuff on the pond all day but i don't know why the fuck we need two days like seven hours to plan so far in advance uh, it's fucking crazy but we'll, we'll see what happens we'll see what happens good to see yeah it's good to see that they're putting the commitment into that that i never put into anything in my life so congrats there uh touching a little bit more on the pond though is gretzky gonna be out on the pond this weekend or is this a a different pond well uh we um this is this is a different pond this is uh this is dudley pond in wayland massachusetts um really good ice fishing there's an amazing bar on the pond uh, called the Chateau. Um, we'll see if we can get Chase Murphy and Johnny Taccio down here. Um, Chase was ripping it up a few weeks ago uh, on another pond. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be buzzing. Um, it's gonna be a lot of ice fishing for me because uh, I have um, this planning thing to do. Um, I'm also wearing a heart monitor. I had a, a nurse shave my chest today. Um, they had these little razors, like, I, they, I don't know what the fuck they were, but she just like scraped the shit off my chest, like shaved like all this hair. And then she used sandpaper to get all the dead skin off and then like an alcohol wipe and it fucking burned. And now I have a monitor and I got to wear it, um, wear it for a week. So I, yeah, that's my life right now. So about you guys. <laughs> Not much. They actually, uh, did the same thing for me, Lee, when I had my knee surgery, if, Oh, yeah. uh, if any listeners who have been with us for the past seven months, you'll remember the early ACL stories. Um, yeah, that was a really weird experience too. The sandpaper when they get the dead skin yeah. off, I thought that was going to hurt, but it kind of felt good. It was definitely yeah. exfoliating. It's exfoliating. Is that why you have all that sandpaper in your room? Last time I was there, you just kind of didn't. I asked you about it. You said you were working on an art project. Yeah, I, I said that I was going to be making some chair art with Corey b yeah. i was lying uh the way that i get myself off is sandpaper actually sandpaper. Yeah. yeah you had it right next to the tissues and i was yeah, like what really weird you like- know everyone's got their own kinks uh 
Yeah, we don't kink shame here on the beach. No, no, no. not kink shame. We're uh, kink acceptors. Exactly. Exactly. Probably the most kink accepting sports podcast there is. You could say that. Yep. Yeah. You could say that. We take a lot of pride in that kink and um um uh <laughs> shit now you have to edit i don't know how we haven't blown up yet i we're <laughs> this witty we're this quick way the <laughs> this quick yeah so yeah pretty good pretty pretty good um well yeah, they have, that's a great Saturday, Lee. I think you can pull it off if I know anyone. Who, good thing fishing doesn't require much of any activity, yeah. especially ice fishing. So I think you'll be able to balance um, between wrangling in a big one, which I know you love, and you're big, your big fisherman. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, dude. No big deal. This guy fishes in, in Florida. He gets big marlins, right? Is that what you call them, big marlins? That's what, you, that's what you call them. I never caught one, but yeah, that's what you call them. Okay. Swordfish. Yeah, yeah. I never caught one either, but they're big. Good on a bagel. No. Derek Jeter, minority owner of the Marlins, tie back sports. There nice. you go. Speaking of Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter almost went to the University of Michigan. You know who did go to the University of Michigan? Tom Brady. You know what Tom Brady's playing in this weekend? The Super Bowl. What a transition. We're blowing up. We're back. Wow. What a game. Old goat versus new young goat. What do you guys see happening? There's a lot to dive in here. That's the big storyline, but there's so much more. Should we oh. uh, Should we look to how we got here? We never recapped the uh, championship games. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. We, Which we was- probably don't have to spend too much time on the Chiefs because that game was a blowout and bummer. We were wrong. The Bills, but they got a lot of chances coming up. So I don't think Buffalo's yeah. bummed. No, Bills aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of crazy that it took a Mecole Hardman punt fumble um, to make you think, okay, are, are the Bills going to win this game? For a second, that went through my head when they went up, what, 9 nothing. I think they missed the, the yeah. extra point. I was like, oh, like maybe they're going to have a chance. And then from there on out, it was just – exactly what everyone predicted um anyone else got anything to add to that game well they're not going anywhere neither are the chiefs do we have potentially a new brady manning afc rivalry developing between allen and mahomes where we just could see these guys in the afc championship every other year Uh, dude as as good as josh allen was all year that game kind of showed why he's not on that Brady Manning Mahomes level, I think, just because he made a few mistakes and you kind of have to be perfect against the Chiefs. Like, and he just missed a few throws. Like, um, but yeah, he's made the biggest jumps I've ever seen pretty much in his first three years or whatever he's been in the league. So maybe he can, he can get there. Yeah. yeah. And he had to be perfect in that game. He wasn't. The Bills just didn't play a complete football game. They didn't play a complete football game the whole playoffs. So, they got to get there, but I think they can. Um, the Chiefs just came back. We were – you look at the – going into that game, what was the stat? It was like their last 12 games were six points or less, and then they just killed the Bills. So, it just has me thinking a lot about this week. But with their opponent being the Bucks, they definitely got there, uh, and they earned their spot beating the Packers in Green Bay. And that yeah. game- that game was was awesome. That yeah, game. that was that was a championship <laughs> yeah. football game. That was a yeah. great football game. Um, kind of a shame that it did end up coming down to a penalty call, which was a penalty. Anybody who says otherwise is an idiot. That definitely was a hold. But that was a great football game just across the board. Um, Aaron Rodgers just can't seem to shake those championship games at home off his back. Uh, he's got got some issues there, but um, yeah. I think more credit really goes to Brady and the Bucks because on both sides of the ball, they they played a pretty complete game um, and looked, you know, good enough for me to to think about betting on them on Sunday. Well, that play before that sequence of events before the end of the half, top ten I've seen ever as far as just, wow, what just happened? 
in football I saw live. And I know we were all messaging um, in our in our group chat, but that was – you think about it. They had the punt team. They were going to punt. Brady goes off the field. They call a timeout. Why, you're like, go for it. Why would you not go for it? They decide to go for it. They get it. And then you're thinking, all right, maybe what, a few more yards for the field goal to let um, – Who's number eleven or ten on the Bucks? Get Scotty Miller. Scotty, Scotty Miller. Miller. To let Scotty Miller get that wide open on the on that play was so inexcusable by the Packers and classic NFC Packers fuck up and collapsing um, before the big game. And you're right, that's just plagued Rodgers in these NFC Championship games. Now it seems like for decades or for the decade, um, that was insane. That touchdown was insane. It just there was no way it seemed at that point the Bucs were going to lose. But then they still gave the Packers tons of opportunities in the second half, and Aaron Rodgers didn't capitalize. Yeah, for, for a second I thought it was going to be a Bruce Arians dumb move because they took the timeout to think about going for it. and then But then they only had one timeout left with like 12 seconds on the clock. Uh, so they completed the first down to Fournette. They called their last timeout. They had eight seconds left, and it was like, oh – well, if they just went for it and got it, now they'd have two timeouts. They'd get in a field goal range. Now they're fucked. They kind of got to throw a mini Hail Mary, and they're not going to let them score, right? And they let Scotty Miller get behind them. Perfect throw, uh, but still crazy to let that happen. And then that ended up being the difference in the game. Like, that it's that was insane. Yep, absolutely nuts. And you talked about, though, um, in how to beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to play a perfect game. And then that second half, Brady, Brady, who we're all banking on being a mate, Mr. You know, Mr. Clutch. I know the Super Bowl is a next level, but he made some horrible throws. That set, that last pick was not as bad as the second to last pick. The second to last pick was horrible. The last pick, he's there was a miscommunication, he's getting pressure. It was like a punt at that point, anyway. Yeah. Um, but that second to last pick is still a huge drive in that game. And that was a terrible pass. That was like the one that bounced off Mike Evans' hands? No, the one he floated. Yeah, the floater was bad. Yeah. The I was say, two of those picks weren't that bad. The one that bounced yeah. off Evans' hands and then the one that was basically a punt. The floater right. was a terrible. The terror. floater was just like, whoa, what are you doing? And he can't do that. He can't do that mm-hmm. on Sunday. Because I Mahomes has, has shown, unlike Rodgers, he takes advantage. He has get to show himself not taking advantage of huge mistakes like that which makes me concerned about the Buccaneers' chances. But maybe Brady plays that perfect game. Gosh, the Chiefs, what are we over are we over talking it again like that we were doing with the Bills? Just thinking well, the Buccaneers can do it. Here's here's the difference between the Bills making a mistake and the Bucks making a mistake. And the difference for me, especially in that championship game against Aaron Rodgers, who's played better than Patrick Mahomes this season even, is JPP and Shaq Barrett were mm. Absolute fucking monsters. JV had three sacks. Shaq Barrett had two. Uh, they got six points off of three Brady turnovers in the end of the game. Those dudes were so fucking good. They were all over the place. Devin White again, absolutely shined. Um, they didn't even have two. They're both their starting safeties were out. It didn't really matter because they had no time. Uh, Vita Vey being back in and Dominic Sue. Uh, it's crazy. That defensive line, it reminds me of the Giants defensive line that haunted my dreams in 07 and 11, and now they're on Brady's team. So that's that was the difference against the Packers. Brady played amazing in the first half. He kind of – Packers made great adjustments and, and shut him down a little bit in the second half. Uh, but holy shit, that, that defense is really coming alive. To me, Lee, it reminds me of the Broncos team in the 2015-2016 season. Very similar. Um, yeah. Obviously, we had the you know no-fly zone. but Also haunted my dreams. All, yeah. Another dream haunter for the Patriots. Yeah. My condolences. It must be tough to be a Patriots fan. So sorry. Um, I do think that some things that I like about the Bucks are what the Packers showed that they aren't. And that's having some guts, having some balls. Matt LaFleur not going for it, kicking a field goal. I mean, I know, you know, I know the thought process there, but come on. You got you got Devontae Adams, you got Aaron Rodgers, the game's on the line. At a certain point, if you're gonna beat a team like the Chiefs, you gotta have some plays like that up your sleeve where you you pull a rabbit out of the hat or you do a fake punt. You know, we think about historic 
Super Bowl plays. Um, I'm thinking to the New Orleans Saints versus the Indianapolis Colts when Sean Payton decides to go for an onside kick instead of give the ball to Peyton Manning. It's going to be plays like that in the Super Bowl if the Bucs want to beat the Chiefs that they're going to have to do. And I think Bruce Arians, I mean, the guy used to drink paint. I think he's probably going to have some plays like that, and that's really going to determine if the Bucs can win the Super Bowl or not. That's the thing. Against the Chiefs, you you have to be um, perfect. And Matt LaFleur showed himself that even if they won that game, they're probably going to find a way to lose. The Bucs probably had a better chance. That call was so overthought. If It's brilliant, right, if you get the points and then hold the uh, Bucks and then score a touchdown, right? And now, wow, you won in regulation. That was amazing. So brilliant. But that, that, that brilliant level was like 99th percentile. It made no sense. You have Aaron Rodgers at the nine-yard line. You give the MVP the ball for one more chance. You have four chances. You get, took away 25% of your chances there. And if you don't get it, they're pinned deep in their end. You still are going to have to hold them. And instead of now maybe winning, you still have an opportunity, if you hold them, which you're going to have to anyway, to tie the game to force overtime. You, instead, you took away the 25% chance from the MVP. Uh, Rodgers has got to be so frustrated. Um, he definitely didn't take advantage of many opportunities he was given. But that call was – there's been a lot of terrible calls in the playoffs. The Browns punting, um, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers punting when they had all the momentum. That was the worst, though. Lafleur kicking the field goal with with that. Uh, well, with uh, how how much time was in the clock? A minute for there's, a fi- there's what, two minutes. minutes. They had the, they had the two minute warning, and that's why. Well, yeah, you're right. It was on the other side of the two. It was like two minute and twenty seconds. Yep, and they had three timeouts, so that was the thought. The thought. I think you're right. He overthought it. Um, cause when he, when he did it, I was like, oh, I guess it's kind of makes sense. Cause the bucks might run three plays in a row and the, the Packers might have a minute 40, um, to try and drive down the field with the best quarterback in the game right now. It kind of made sense in my mind, but also it's the best quarterback in the game right now. And you're on the eight yard line. Like you got to take that shot Just and you do it the two, you could still kick it deep and, and go to stop them then and then kick a field goal and you win. Like, yeah, it was, it was a crazy call. I know we said we weren't going to dissect every little play here and I might have to let my dog out. We'll, we'll see what happens here. But um, what do you guys think about Aaron Rodgers deciding not to run the ball on a couple occasions there in that drive? I felt like he had some opportunities where he could have scrambled, maybe not for a touchdown, but for a couple of yards, maybe set himself up for, you know, a third and five, a fourth and three. Um, I, to me, what it showed was that the pass rush from the Bucks really got in his head and he just wasn't willing to take any more hits. Um, but curious to know your thoughts around that because I was watching that like he's got space, he's got space. And then he kind of, you know, was looking to throw it, ends up, you know, throwing away, getting sacked. Um, I, I think at a certain point, you know, I'm sorry to keep harping on the Broncos here, but Peyton Manning running for a first down when he could barely even walk against the Pittsburgh Steelers on third and 13, like you get older, your chances only are so limited. Um, at a certain point, I think you got to start questioning maybe his toughness, which I know Jerry will love that we're questioning Aaron Rodgers' toughness on our podcast, I but, but I felt like he didn't have the grit that I would want out of my quarterback. I thought, I think it, I thought it was more, he was just so confident in his arm that he was going to get that touchdown the uh, the third down. But also, if he ran that third down, it's probably going to be fourth and one. And they're probably going to score on a fourth and one. Yeah. That uh, the running back, Corey, no, not Corey Dillon, but whatever Dillon. AJ Dillon. Yeah, that guy's a truck. Yeah. I mean, he is he is a big bowling ball of a running back. Fourth and one, I don't care who's on the other line. I would trust him to get into the end zone. I thought also, you go for it on fourth, you don't get it you still have Aaron Rodgers and, and maybe your defense is a little bit more motivated to, you know, stop them because now, you know, you need to go down, score a touchdown, get the two point conversion. Um, we could sit here and analyze it all day, but I think Matt LaFleur has proven himself to be a good coach, but maybe just doesn't have the decision-making necessary to make it to the next step quite yet. Yeah. I think he, uh, I agree with that. Everything you said, 
especially Aaron Rodgers, not having the toughness to win at an elite level. Um, he probably should have run there when they sh- when they did the uh, on field cam. It looked like the the D end had a little bit better angle than it looked like from the side, but even then he would have certainly got yards and he actually, regardless, still had a chance. If he's just barreling it to the pylon to score a touchdown, but he is so confident in his arm that he threw at just shitty pass across the middle that two defenders got their hand on. And I think in his head too, he's thinking, okay, well now I got one more shot. And of course he didn't get it. Yeah. Well, looking ahead to this Super Bowl matchup, um, obviously, I think we'll probably, you know, towards the end here, give our predictions. But what are you guys looking for in this game? What are you excited about? I'm not normally excited about the halftime show, I'll be honest. But the weekend, I love the weekend. Uh, I think he's going to absolutely tear it up. If he doesn't come out with blinding lights, that'll that'll be a travesty. But I'm really hoping for a little reminder throwback. We'll see if we get that. I'm blinded by the light. Touch, and I said, Ooh, I'm such a fucking banger song. I mean, that song is so good. That's one that's just never going to get old. I am so fired up for the halftime show. He's definitely going to do that. That's going to be like a that's going to be a goosebumps moment. I don't think he's going to open it with it. I hope he doesn't open with it. I hope it's like the third one. Um, I don't know many weekend songs, but I know I'm going to like it all. Um, Every song by the weekend that I've heard is great, and he's an amazing performer. It's going to be amazing. You are having this fired up for a halftime show since Springsteen. Wow, wow, and that's wow. that's a tall. You know, we've talked about Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> that is the holy grail to the B team. We all know that the Springsteen halftime show. Again, yeah, we that can't was stress enough. If you need a pregame activity, Bruce Springsteen halftime show. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Nady boy, Nady GT, loyal listener. Uh, we love you, Nate. Sorry you, about Nate. sorry about Meat Slut. Sorry He's an idiot. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for this Super Bowl. Um, I think it's just going to be a sick game. Like it's it's the Chiefs versus such an electric team a team with fucking JPP who, if you watch any of the mic'd up like I did about the NFC championship game, he was like, um, he was like, 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 don't take this for granted. It took me eight years to get back here. I, I thought it was me back again. It took me eight fucking years. And he's like, let me see that trophy. And then they were passing him the, uh, like whatever it's called the NFC. What's it? The, the NFC championship trophy. Jerry, Jason. Jerry, can you, I, I know what the, I don't NFC know. I might never, well, they, he's like, and he holds it. And then he goes, and he like starts to hold up with his hand with the fucked up fingers and he goes, Oh shit, I gotta hold it in my right hand. And then everyone starts cracking up. Uh fucking hopefully Antonio Brown's back. That's that'd be electric. Mm-hmm. Um we got fucking Brady, obviously. Uh and then like just and Dominic Sue, I don't think has ever won a Super Bowl. Nope. Uh he's definitely a guy who deserves a ring. Mike Evans, I would love to see that guy get yeah. a ring. A lot of just like stud legends on this team who would be pretty cool to see them uh see them get one. Um, and then on the Chiefs, uh, the other thing is just like, oh my God, it's Pat Mahomes. It's gonna be, it's gonna be such a fun game to watch. Two awesome teams. Uh, I'm really excited for this matchup. I, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be lit. Yeah. There's any group of linebackers, yeah, that can line up against the Chiefs. It's, uh, I think it is Tampa Bay's backers. Dude, and we talked about him last week, but fucking Devin White had another like ten tackle game in the championship game. I, a, a bet if you if you're in Vegas or something this weekend, uh, little uh, Super Bowl MVP Devin White. I'm sure there's going to be a huge return on that, and I think it's it's definitely possible. Because you know what, Lee, I love that you're bringing this up because these days you don't need to be in Vegas to put some pretty cool bets out there. Right now, I'm I'm looking at uh, a, a site that may have some different things that I might bet on at a certain point. Um, but just looking at, you know, some really good values here. First touchdown score, Tyreek Hill plus 650. Travis Kelsey plus 600. Either of those, you maybe throw, you know, 10 bucks on either right there. Um, see how the coin toss comes up, but first touchdown score for the, one of those that you love to see that, um, you know, I will definitely be betting on the coin flip 
Uh, that's just one of my favorite prop bets that you get around the Super Bowl time. And we'll, we'll kind of see what else is out there. But I'm really excited for that aspect of it, too, as gambling becomes more available across the United States. Yeah, it's a great thing for the nation. Um, Heal the divide. <laughs> Thank you. Healthy. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Kelsey and Tyreek. Tyreek Hill. He – I haven't seen someone as hard to guard, I don't know, ever as Tyreek Hill. And that he's just a, a matchup nightmare no matter who you're playing. So that's another thing. You got all the names you just listed on the Bucks. But, I mean, it's like everyone equals Mahomes and Hill, and then you throw in Kelsey, and it's uh, as formidable an offense you can go up against. So it's going to be such an exciting game. I – if the if it's – I don't want the – if there's going to be a blowout, I think it's the Chiefs blowout, the Bucks. Yep. Yeah. But I think the Bucks can definitely claw themselves, and if it's a close game, it's anyone's game. And Brady, of course – of course, can win um, in, in a Super Bowl. But he can't make those stupid throws that he just did last two weeks ago. Yeah, I think he's going to have to be really careful. But I think something that they're going to want to do, and it's also a factor we got to talk about, is it may be raining, which benefits the shit out of the Bucks because yeah. they have a way better run game. They've got a really improved line. They have Lenny, playoff Lenny and, and Rojo's and run like a beast too. Uh they want to run the ball. Uh, the Chiefs don't. They have old ass Le'Veon and uh, and, and Darwin Darnell Williams, um, and they want to throw. They have, they're the Chiefs, and Pat Mahomes can still throw in the rain. But if it's if it's rainy and the Bucks can get the ground game going, I think that's how they win this game on offense. Um, is and so hopefully they don't do the stupid third down, second down bombs that end up as picks. Uh, if they focus on the run and then short passes to Godwin and Evans, um, I think they have a recipe here to definitely to definitely win. But I agree that the Chiefs are more likely to, to go off. Yeah, there's another really good storyline there, though. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown both left to hopefully go win a Super Bowl somewhere else. That didn't happen at the teams that they left to, the Jets and the Raiders, respectively. Now they're playing each other in the Super Bowl. One of them's going to come away with a Super Bowl ring. Maybe it was a good decision for them to leave old, pornless Ben Roethlisberger and his inability to jerk off and play well in games. Um, and now one of them's going to come away a Super Bowl champion. Little caveat though, they did bitch their way onto these teams. Uh, we know AB bitched his way out of Oakland and then uh, threatened a woman when while in New England and got cut from New England and then ended up in Tampa. And Le'Veon bitched his way into New York, then bitched his way out of New York, became a free agent, and picked the Chiefs, who were obviously the <laughs> go to Super Bowl, even though he knew that he wasn't going to be. I forgot to mention that the Chiefs have Clyde Edwards Alaire back. I forgot about that. That uh, is a big, big thing for them because he is so much better than Le'Veon Bell looks right now. Um, so that if it rains, that evens it out a bit more that they have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, those are two big names uh, from Pittsburgh matching up that don't carry the same weight that both of them had when they were still playing together in Pittsburgh, which goes to show the star power that each of these teams have. Um, I just think the Chiefs, are so hard to bet against, to pick against, um, to doubt in any level with their recent performance against the Bills. Um, but you look at the other side, it's Brady in the Super Bowl. And what has this guy done but but win Super Bowls? And is he ready to pass it off to Mahomes? And the guy who, quite frankly, is the only one who could possibly one day take away his goatness, this is a huge stepping stone if he can get two already by 25 that would be incredible. Uh, and then beating Brady in the game for his legacy way down the line. But, I mean, that's four more seasons um, with the Chiefs. Uh, they're playing and actually doesn't seem that crazy. Gosh, it'd be nice to be a Chiefs fan um, or a Patriot you ha- fan. You have to think that they're that they're thinking about that, too. Like, I'm sure Brady's like, this dude's nasty. He could definitely, like, touch my records. If I get this one on him and Brady has seven and he stops Mahomes from winning one, He's he's gonna he's gonna play his Brady like modest 
game and be like, oh, no, I wasn't thinking about that. But he's definitely thinking about that. And Mahomes the same way. He he acts like he's pretty modest, but like he's thinking about it already about chasing Brady's record. So this is they're definitely thinking about that. Um, that's going to be that's like a pretty cool storyline. And I think like maybe 10 years from now, we look back on this game as being like, holy shit, like that was huge for both these guys legacies. And it may go down as being the greatest quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history. Yeah, we can only help. Well, I am really deep into the parlay odds right now. Um, some that just stick out to me really quickly. Anthony Sherman to have two plus touchdowns and Casey to win is plus 8,200. Um, Scotty Miller to have 120 receiving yards, one touchdown in Tampa Bay to win is plus 7,900. And some more realistic ones. This is the one that I think I like the most. Patrick Mahomes to have 340-plus passing yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to have 50-plus rushing yards. One touchdown in KC to win, plus 1,000. Oh, oh boy. We're going to be losing some money on this oh. one, for sure. That's juicy. That's juicy. That's juicy. That's a win. Let's put that in right now. Yeah, you know what? That's Might as money. well. Might as well. They're just giving us the money that way. Yeah. I want to say that I, I think – uh, before the season in our B team preseason, what a quick year it's been! Um, in our team preseason, I'm pretty sure I said Bucks Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, we can go back and check the tapes. Wow. Well, I said I said it the other day though, and one of my friends was like, "Oh, you picked Brady Mahomes." Like, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, "People were down the Bucks at the beginning of the year, though. People were like, oh, the Chiefs aren't going to repeat.' I don't know. I'm pretty sure I, I picked this one. So uh, B team, we know what we're talking about. Pretty good." I, I think I picked the uh, Seahawks to play the – I may have picked Chiefs, but I don't want to give myself that much credit. I think I threw the Chiefs under the bus and said that it was going to be the year of God. You know what? We need to listen to the tape back. Maybe, yeah, yeah uh, not at this moment, but I'm I'm really curious to see what we had that way because I was I'm 90 percent surely that you had those two teams. You definitely had the Bucks. Yeah, I don't know why you, I don't know why you wouldn't pick the Chiefs. So yeah, um, yeah, there you I are. I was the most wrong. I know. I think I. Oh, I know. I'm like 99 percent sure I picked the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> We just turned into the biggest dumpster fire of an organization. So thanks for holding it down, Lee, and giving us some credibility. Have we talked about the Texans Jack Easterby shit on this podcast? Uh-huh. I don't know if we have talked about Jack Easterby. Um, if anyone's still listening to this, which they probably aren't, this is the story. <laughs> Jack Easterby was the team chaplain of the Patriots, like the religious leader, like a guy. He used to be like work at a summer camp and like lead like youth ministry services. Um, he became close with some high up people, kind of a shyster, seems like it ended up going to the Texans after the Patriots didn't renew his contract. He was the team chaplain, but the owner of the Texans, Bob McNair, is like a really religious guy. And he gave this guy, Jack Easterby, a ton of power over the team uh, to the point where he's like Grima Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings and like whispering in his ear, I think. And he ended up firing his GM last year and he put the fucking team chaplain as interim GM, which I don't know how that story didn't blow up last year. This religious youth leader became interim GM. Then they got the Patriots filed tampering charges last year against the Texans for trying to hire their GM, um, Nick Casario. Uh, and the reason was because uh, Easterby was like trying to get Casario over um, eventually uh, Bob McNair says Easterby has nothing to do with team decision-making. The Texans hire Casario against Deshaun Watson's wishes, but against the wishes of the team chaplain. And now they may lose Deshaun Watson, this franchise star, because they let the team chaplain pick the fucking, <laughs> fucking GM and is taking over the team. It's insane. Crazy. And Watt. Watt's on his way out, too. Watt's gone, and Deshaun Watson – I'm calling the shot right now. Deshaun Watson will be a Denver Bronco next year. Oh, that would be lit. That would be lit. Wish. Hey, Kareem Jackson's in his ear. He's saying reports are coming out that he would like to play here as one of the possible places. I don't think Miami's ready to give up on Tua just that quickly. Um, and if you look at other landing spots, I mean, the 49ers is probably the best one for him. 
for a variety of reasons, but hey, you know, why not come to the Mile High City? We'll embrace you. We'll love you. Anything's better than that baby-faced bitch, Drew Locke. I was going to say you're you're off the lock train. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, the train's off the tracks. You're train. always a big lock guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big, big lock guy when he's breaking out the Buzz Lightyear celebration against the Texans. What oh, an God. idiot. What an idiot. Yeah. But how would the Texans, like, I feel like the Texans just can't let him go. Like, I, he's going to have to refuse to play to, he, to trade him. He might refuse to play. And this is a new yeah. generation of athlete out there who, has so much power uh, at a certain point, you know, they're willing to maybe sit out a season or, or two just in order to kind of get what they want. Now Deshaun Watson doesn't seem like that type of guy. Um, he seems like a, a really good guy, but Hey, you never know. Lee, you never know. Lee did just describe the biggest dumpster fire of an organization uh, more <laughs> so than even the lions. Uh, so maybe he, I mean, he was, that's just insane what they've pissed away as far as uh what they had on their roster. Just the team years. that had a uh, 20, 21 or 24 point lead against the eventual Super Bowl champions in the divisional round last year is now <laughs> the biggest dumpster fire. It's yeah. crazy. The team that had DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson and two, JJ Watt, two <laughs> building blocks for the next 10 years right there. And now they're both probably going to be gone by next season. Yeah. Um, you know, when it really started was when yeah. they decided that it was a good idea to sign Brock Osweiler to a four-year, $52 million contract. That was when the dumpster fire really started getting in motion. And, and the city of Houston was cursed by the Astros cheating in the World Series. So now they're doomed to Detroit levels of sports um, uh, in, ineffectiveness for, I hope, the next decade and – we can start winning again just to turn it on Detroit. Yeah, we had to, we started with Detroit. We got to, you know, come to an end at some point with Detroit. Yeah. Well, before we get to our picks here, I do want to ask you guys, what's your favorite thing about Super Bowl Sunday? I know it's a tough question. Um, For me, it's gotta be the Buffalo wings. There's something special about having some wings on that Sunday Wherever you're getting them from, whether you're making them at home or are getting them from a, a local chain, they, they tend to just taste a little bit better on Super Bowl Sunday. I promise you I will have a couple mango habaneros come this Sunday. What What is the Denver plan for the Super Bowl? What's your Super Bowl plan? Uh, my Super Bowl plan is to listen to Fauci, not the one who lives in my house, um, oh. and stay here, isolate. And probably watch it in uh, my basement with, I think, just my mom because uh, my dad will be working and my brother has other plans. So, yeah, going to be an absolute banger. What about you, Jerry? And I think that um, I might be watching with my roommate who made our, a cameo appearance um, mm. and potentially Brucey. I've been talking with Brucey. Oh, uh, might be coming down. We're, we're trying to maybe get together as well. Shout out, Brucey. We got to get him on the pod. Um, and that's just the thing. Favorite thing about Super Bowl Sunday. And I'm going to just, you know, I'm, and not try to take one of your Kleenex next to your uh, cardboard paper right now, but you know, it's just being together with everybody and watching the game with a big group and you get a whole group of people. And usually there's people there that don't even like football and they, but they, but they know it's Super Bowl, So they have to watch it. And then you got the buildup for the halftime show. And then you're all just so into everything and every play means everything. It's just the best day in sports. And um to not be with everybody is uh, really tough, really tough this year. So it's going to make the best of it. We're all the, we're all in this together. We got to listen to front range Fauci and regular Fauci. Um, and uh, we'll see, make the best of what we can with this, with this Super Bowl we got. The game will make it. I'll be following Fauci's guidelines. Uh, I'll probably have some friends over at my house. Uh, probably start the day off ice fishing, get pretty drunk out in the pond. And then, uh, play some hockey all day and then head back home. Uh, there's a chance though. We watch the game outside by the fire. It just depends if it's snowing or not. There's about two feet of snow here in Boston. So, um, but if it's, if we can't, then we're going to probably watch it inside. Lee has been winning quarantine. I stick to this. Been pretty good. Um, my favorite part about Super Bowl Sunday uh, for my life has been winning the Super Bowl. Um, 
It's it's <laughs> always the greatest. <laughs> it's it's literally the greatest. I mean, so like the the way I'm saying it though, it, it's only happened to me three times instead of six. But because being old enough to party after the win, it's the greatest thing in the world. It feels like you just accomplished all your life's dreams and you put yourself that much into the team. And so uh like just got really, really um fucked up for all those the three times that we won. Um, and this year is kind of similar because I'm going to put a lot of money on the bucks. I would really love to see my boy, Tom Brady, get another one. So I'm, it's not going to be as much as those Patriots wins. Also just sports in general don't mean as much to me as they did during college. Um, even the 18 Super Bowl, it wasn't like it was the other ones because those ones, that was my whole life. Um, now I have to worry about other shit and like figuring things out and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm i uh, I'm going to party a little bit. Um, and if Brady wins, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to late night by myself if I have to. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to party. I'm going to rage. Hell yeah. <laughs> rage against the machine. Yeah. Rage against the machine of Fauci. <laughs> Not front range Fauci though. No, 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 no. Yeah. That just the one who wears masks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where where two masks is better than one. Okay. <laughs> Go back to your lab. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. They used to say the same thing about condoms. Wear two instead of one. Guess what? I did it. It didn't work. <laughs> got a girl pregnant. Now I got a kid. <laughs> well, uh, picks. What do we got for picks here? I'll start us off. I'm going to say Bucks 31, Chiefs 28. Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does in Super Bowls, engineers a game-winning field goal drive, not touchdown drive. And is it Ryan Suckup who's the kicker? Yeah, Ryan Suckup Suckup. becomes a cult hero at all the strip clubs in Tampa for the rest of his life when he puts the Bucs into the lead with .01 seconds left. Bruce Arians will be lifting the Lombardi trophy come Sunday. Just remember, it could have been Roberto Guayo, but it's fine. Talk about a fall from grace. Second round draft pick. Now now he's a used car salesman. (laughs) I got, uh, I I think I'm going to, I want to root for the Bucks. I do. Um, Tom Brady pisses me off, but I also love Tom Brady, you know, at the same time, it's like this weird thing. He's just, I mean, how do you not respect that greatness? But, and We'll see where the rooting habits take me, but there's something in my head. Why pick against the Chiefs right now? 31-23 Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Sunday. I'm going to go Bucks 28, Chiefs 27. Oh! It'll be a fucking nail-biter. May even come down to a missed two-point conversion. Uh, no, not, not that. It's going to be 28-27. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be a lot of field goals from the Bucks to add on that lead. Um, and JPP, Devin White, and uh, Vita Vey, Damakung Su, and uh, Shaq Barrett are going to are gonna put the clamps and hold Mahomes to 27 in the Super Bowl. Wow. Love it. One last thing. One last thing. One last thing. The name of the NFC trophy since 1948 is the George Halas Trophy, named after the founder and longtime owner of the Chicago Bears. One last thing. One last thing. Bat caves in China may hold clues about the origins of the pandemic, says member of World Health Organization team investigating COVID. We'll see. One last thing. Uh, one last thing. Um you guys, fans out there, you guys, uh, if you need something to do on the weeknights, you got to watch the NHL. It's fucking lit right now. Uh, every game has been insane because they're playing like double the speed because it's a shortened season. Um, absolutely lit. Avs are a wagon. Bruins are a wagon. Detroit's in rebuild as usual. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a force. So yeah, one last thing. You heard the alien, so back the hell up off. Softly as if I play piano in the dark. Found a way to channel my anger, not to involve. The world's a stage and everybody got to 
play they part. God works in mysterious ways, so when he starts the job of speaking through us, we be so sincere with this here. No drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear as day. Put my block away, I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition, so I'm ready for war, okay? Hold your hands in the air, and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fishing grits and all the pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, yeah. Now throw your hands in the air, and wave them like you just don't